you know, I, 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 in some ways, it's almost like when somebody says, uh, uh, you know, happy birthday, you're 55 now. And I'm thinking, well, yesterday I was 54 and 364 days. So what, how much of a difference does that really make? We've gone from 2022 to 2023. But when I woke up this morning, it just didn't seem like it was a whole lot different than what it was yesterday. Uh, you know, when I was a kid, there was always that great anticipation that, that when the clock struck, you know, midnight, there was a celebration, it's Happy New Year, and then you go, oh, wait a minute. Uh, this isn't any different than yesterday. It's the same. Uh, and yet, there's something about that fresh start. You have, you have a whole new set of, of, of year ahead of you, a whole season ahead of you, uh, that we like to make New Year's resolutions. And, you know, I've given up on that. Uh, it just, for me, I can make a New Year's resolution and it rarely pans out, I, I, you know, because here's the frustration. If I'm, gonna, if I'm gonna run every day, you know, this next year, the first time I don't run, then I failed. And then I don't wanna run the next day because I've already failed. I've already broke my resolutions. So why, you know, why go on? And so, it, and yet... There is this something about an opportunity for, for a change, an opportunity for something new, an opportunity for a new start. And so today, the Lord had, had previously, over a year ago, when I put this, this passage on the calendar, I put it uh, on here as an Advent message, okay? Advent speaks of the coming of Christ, the celebration of the Christmas season. And in the old church calendar, we really are right smack in the middle of the 12 days of Christmas. The 12 days of Christmas don't start before, they start on Christmas Day and go past Christmas. And, and so we're right here in the middle of Advent season. And so I wanted to look at a text that we uh, don't often look at. It is the rest of Luke 2, basically. You go to Luke 2 and you see the birth of Christ and you see the shepherds and, and they all come to the manger and then we quit reading, right? What happens after the shepherds leave? And what I see here is Mary and Joseph starting their new life. They've got, a, they've got a new start. <laughs> now, those of you that have had children, you, you realize this, don't you? We, we, I remember when, uh, when Susan and I knew that, that our first child was on the way, you know, it was so exciting and, and we looked forward to that day. And yet, up until the day Katie was born, we, it was still me and Susan. We, we were still family. We could go and do what we want and we didn't have to drag along diaper bags and, you know, cart uh, extra stuff along with us. And of course, with Katie came a whole other set of circumstances because of her health problems. But for every parent, when that first child is born, life changes. It's a new start. And so for Mary and Joseph, uh, you know, of course, they were already dealing with some of the repercussions of her pregnancy. But their new start happened in that manger. Things changed that day. And what I want to look at is what immediately followed, what happened in the immediate uh, days following the birth of Christ. What, are, are there some principles there that we can learn for our new start as we step into 2023? And I really think they are. I, I think there's some incredible uh, principles here that are not news flashes to you, but I think we pass over them. When we hit the new year, we celebrate kind of from a secular standpoint, uh, a materialistic standpoint, setting goals, 
in establishing our resolutions, and usually they have to do with, with getting our financial house in order or, or getting our, our physical health in order. Sometimes it's getting our spiritual health in order, but we'll come up with all kinds of, of plans or goals. I, w- I just want to look at this text and ask, what did they do when Jesus came into their life to set themselves on the right path? Read with me. Luke chapter 2, verse 21 and we're not going to read the whole passage or, or the whole rest of the chapter. We're going to read down through verse 35. Scripture says here, when the eight days were complete for his circumcision, he was named Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived. And when the days of their purification, according to the law of Moses, were finished, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, just as it was written in the law of the Lord. Every firstborn male will be dedicated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice According to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves of two or two young pigeons. There was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to Israel's consolation, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he saw the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, he entered the temple. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to perform for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him up in his arms, praised God, and said, Now, Master, you can dismiss your servant in peace as you promised, for my eyes have seen your salvation. You have prepared it in the presence of all peoples, a light for the revelation to the Gentiles, and glory to your people Israel. His father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and told his mother Mary, Indeed, this child is destined to cause the fall and rise of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be opposed. And a sword will pierce your own soul that the thoughts of many hearts might be revealed. What I want you to see more than anything else is the first steps that Mary and Joseph took with Jesus. Now, certainly, Jesus's birth is very unconventional, right? He, he, his, he was born of a virgin. Mary and Joseph at this point uh, were not husband and wife in, in that traditional way. They were betrothed to be married, and uh, Mary and Joseph were husband and wife, and yet they had never consummated that, that marriage at this point. Uh, she, you know, they had this long donkey ride uh, down to Bethlehem. Jesus is born, and and so things are quite unique. That's what I want you to get. Something new is happening here, okay? The world is about to change. In fact, when we talk about the calendar that we follow, even the very fact that we're in year 2023 is because scholars 1,500 years ago sat down and, and developed the calendar that we function under, and it was still under development for years after that. But ultimately, though God is the one who set the the length of the year in place, which is 365.24 days. God's the one who established how long it takes the the earth to rotate around the sun. God's the one who established how long it takes the, the earth to rotate on its axis. God is the one who established all of that. And yet it was men who put numbers to it. And when the calendar that we operate and the majority of the world operates under now looks at a calendar that begins with the birth of Christ. Now, they missed it for by a few days, is what scholars tell us, for a few years. But ultimately, the calendar that we operate under points back to 
the most important new beginning of all times. If, if there is a date, if there is a time on our calendar that signifies something that is important and it is new, it is the, the life of Jesus Christ. And so our whole calendar, our, our, the way we count years, operates around Jesus coming into this world. That's something worth celebrating, right? And so when Jesus comes into the world, something new is coming. Now, we know that there's a, there's a, a new relationship with God that is offered us. There's a new dispensation of God's grace that is poured out upon his people. There is a new covenant that is established through his son, through his death on the cross and his resurrection from the grave. And we operate under that new covenant. Those are all great new things we're celebrating. But what I want you to notice is what's the first thing that Mary and Joseph did after Jesus was born. They took him to the house of worship. Why? Because God's word said so. So point number one is they followed God's word. I can imagine, <laughs> you know, when Katie was born, we didn't know what to do. It, 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 there's a little bit of a parental nurturing that kicks in, but in, in our circumstance, we, we couldn't do all the nurturing for Katie. Katie was whisked away in an in a, in a airplane and taken in an ambulance to Cook's Fort Worth. She was put in, a, in kind of an incubation type thing, and, and we couldn't hold her for several days. And, and it's hard to, hold, hard to be a parent when you can't hold your, your child. And so it, it was, the things had changed, and, and it was new. And so, but though our experience was kind of extreme, I, I think that it's like that for everybody. And Mary and Joseph's was certainly different. Mary is holding God in her hand. She has the incarnate Christ, the one who was from the beginning and who will be in the end, who was long before Mary was and will be long after Mary's gone. Mary was holding the incarnate God. What do you do when you have God in your arms? What do you do? Well, nurse him when he cries, change his diaper when he poops. It's hard for us to, 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 to put that in, in, in our mindset, what Mary must have been thinking, what Joseph was thinking, what, I'm, I'm his dad, but he's God. So what do, you, what do you do? Where do you go from there? Well, you do what you know you're supposed to do. And so they made a commitment at that point to do what God's word had told them to do. So let me, let me encourage you in this. The first commitment and I would encourage you to make stepping into the new year. Maybe you don't know what 2023 is going to bring. You don't know what, what new experiences you're going to have in life. And none of us really do. You don't know what uh, you may have some plans for the coming days or months or years, but you don't know how it's all going to flesh out. So how am I going to approach this year? Let me give you one guaranteed approach that will help you. Commit to follow God's word. And to follow God's word, the first thing you have to do is read it. You have to know it. You have to spend time in God's word. Mary and Joseph, I love this. When the days of the purification came according to the law of Moses, when those days were finished, they went up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Why? Because God's word said so. Every firstborn male would be dedicated to the Lord. They did it because God's word said so. Spend time 
in God's word. Now I'm gonna put in a plug here for something that I'm doing that I wanna encourage you to do, and I mentioned it last night. Back in 2011, we as a church did a year of the Bible where we read through a chronological plan of scripture. Everybody did it. We all did it at the same time. And I've had people the last few years ask me, pastor, are we gonna do that again? When can we do that again? Because though people were concerned about it at first, like how's this gonna work? Man, God blessed us and it was such a neat time to, to spend time in his word. We're gonna do that again in 2024. One of the cool things about that is you get to start January the 1st on a Monday and we're gonna do that chronological plan again. But I'm not waiting for 2024. What I wanna do is I'm gonna be using a chronological plan that's, that you can find it on your Bible app. If you have a phone, a lot of you read your Bible on your phone or you read it on your uh, iPad or something like that. Look up on, on the Bible app, which is what most of us use, you can look up the plan for the Bible recap. And there's two of them on there. One of them's 92 days in the New Testament. The other one's 365 days. Do the 365 day one. And we'll be doing it this year. And what you can do is you can listen to it while you're driving. If, if you have a hard time nailing down that many hours, I would encourage you to read it if you can, or you can listen to it while you're driving. Listen to the Bible being read to you. And what comes with that is there's a podcast, and you can find it on any podcast app. Anybody that's figured out how to use a podcast, it, you already know how to do this, but it's not that difficult. You can listen to it on your computer, once again, on any of your electronic devices. You can even find a podcast app for most of your smart TVs. And there's a Bible recap app on there, or Bible recap Spotify, what do you call it? I just lost the word, podcast. And it's eight minutes every day. And what it does is it just recaps what you read. It brings it all together and it helps put things in, into the big picture of God's word. That's what I want us to do together in 2024. So I'm doing a trial run for 365 days this year. I've already been doing a trial run for the last few months listening to it. And I've been blessed by it already. So I wanna encourage you, whether you use that approach or some other approach, the purpose is to spend time in God's word so that you know God's word. You can't obey God's word if you don't know his word. So commit to follow God's word, beginning with spending time in God's word, reading it and studying it and preparing your heart to follow the Lord. And then the second thing that you see here, then obey it. If you know that God is speaking to you in a particular way, obey. Do what it is he's called you to do, whatever that happens to be. If he's called you to, to serve in a particular way, serve. If he's called you to be silent and rest, be silent and rest. But you have to know his word first before you can obey his word. And so what you see with Mary and Joseph, they knew what the Lord was calling them to do. And so since that day arrived, it was the day for him to be dedicated. They took him up to be dedicated and to offer sacrifices according to God. So point number one, commit yourself to the word of God. Read it, study it, and obey it. That will do you well every year. But as you get a fresh start in 2023, commit yourself to his word. Second, look at verse 25 through 28. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you the title here. Commit yourself 
to God's provision and his timing. Trust that God is going to provide for you this year and his timing will be perfect. Read what happened with Simeon. There was this man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. He was a righteous, he was righteous and devout, looking forward to Israel's consolation and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he saw the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, he entered the temple. When the parents brought the child Jesus to perform for him, it was customary under the law, Simeon took him up in his arms, praised God, and then spoke. I want you to notice some things about Simeon. First of all, uh, Simeon was a guy who truly was following the Spirit of God. We have this, this idea in our head that, all, that, that the Jews, you know, they, they were the bad people in the story of Jesus. But several times throughout the New Testament, you find guys like Simeon who were devout, committed, righteous people who were seeking the Lord, who were, they, they knew that the Messiah was coming and their hearts were prepared. That's what Jesus told some of the Pharisees and Sadducees in, in John was, look, your hearts aren't prepared. You read scripture and you think that, that you can get everything that you need from scripture, but scripture points to me and you've missed me because you don't have the spirit. Simeon was filled with the spirit and because the spirit was upon him, the Holy Spirit had revealed to Simeon that he was going to get to see the Messiah. Now, I don't know how old Simeon was, but what you find out in his, in his speech or his little soliloquy uh, after he takes Jesus up in his arms, uh, Simeon says, okay, I can die now. I can go now. Lord, you can take me home. I've seen your provision. And so I don't know how long Simeon had to wait. When was it that God revealed to Simeon that he was going to get to see the Messiah? Was it when he was a new priest? Was it when he was in his 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s? How old is he? How long has he waited? We don't know. But what we do know is that Simeon continued to trust God, looking forward to God's provision. And he didn't give up. Do you trust God to do what he says he's going to do in your life? in your home, in your family? Do you trust God for his provision? Do you trust God for what he has promised in his word to bring it about in your life? I even remember as a young man, and I know that I, even as an older man, I'm still have not arrived yet. But I remember at a point when uh, I, almost idolized uh, one of my professors at Howard Payne. You've heard me speak of him a lot, uh, Dr. Rainey. Because Dr. Rainey, uh, he, it seemed like he had one of those red cell phones that God would call him and he'd just pick up the line. Uh, I've told you stories before where uh, not, not in, just in inter, inadvertent ways, I would, I would hear about how God had spoken to Dr. Rainey in the perfect timing, the time when he showed up at the hospital because the Holy Spirit encouraged him to show up at the hospital just in, within an hour of the time that I was there by myself, received the news from the doctor, said I was going to have to make a decision on Katie's life or death. Dr. Rainey comes walking up. I said, Dr. Rainey, what are you doing here? You're supposed to be in Brownwood. He said, the Holy Spirit impressed on my heart I needed to come. Things like that. And so I remember when I was back at, at I was going to Howard Payne to take a class from Dr. Rainey. Uh, I, was, I was just sitting in on a class with him. It was after I'd, I'd finished it 
realm at Howard Payne, and I was at a pastor at May. I was driving over to his office, and I was, I remember this vividly, being at a stoplight and just saying, Lord, I want to be like Dr. Rainey. I, I want to be able to hear your voice. I want to be able to know when you lead me and you direct my path. Or I, I want you to wake me up in the middle of the night and, and, and show me your will or show me your direction. And I believe that the Lord is one of those times when, when it was almost a, a clear voice. I mean, I didn't hear an audible voice, but, but I knew that it was from God. When you've committed yourself to my word and you've sought me and you've walked with me for 40 years, you'll have that relationship. I said, I want it now. Right? We want it all and we want it now. But you cannot take an acorn and plant it in the ground and expect to have a, a giant oak tree next year. It requires nourishment. It requires watering, but it also requires time. And so God is providing for you and he will provide for you, but he does it in his timetable. So my question is, do you trust God first to provide? And second, do you trust God to provide in his time? And sometimes that's when it gets tough, when we have to wait and wait, and wait. And sometimes it seems like that long, dark night of the soul <laughs> when it seems like God's not moving and God's not speaking. But if you'll get alone with him and his word, you'll hear that still small voice that reminds you, I'm still here, trust me. Simeon trusted the Holy Spirit to lead him into God's provision. That's the last part of this. He was committed to trust God's provision and God's timing and he trusted the Holy Spirit to lead him. I don't know if it wasn't Simeon's day at the office, that eighth day of Jesus's life, but the scripture says specifically, Simeon had been looking forward to it. The Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him that he would not see death before the Lord's Messiah. So verse 20 then says, Guided by the Spirit, he entered the temple. Simeon wasn't already at the temple. Simeon, for some reason, the Holy Spirit who was in him, the Holy Spirit who was with him, he was listening to God, and God directed him to go to the temple today. I've got something there for you. And he was guided by the Holy Spirit. He was listening. He was waiting. I don't know how long he'd had to wait. I don't know how long he'd had to listen but he did not miss the voice of God when God called. And when God called and said, get up, go to the temple, he got up and he went to the temple. And when he got there, he found what he'd been anticipating for apparently years, at least, of his life. Guided by the Spirit, he entered the temple. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to perform for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him up in his arms. What a glorious, exciting moment that was for Simeon, who had waited to see the Messiah and that day got to see him. And you hear it in the next part in Simeon's praise. Simeon took him up in his arms and he praised God. And he said, now, master, you can dismiss your servant in peace as you promised. For my eyes have seen your salvation. You have prepared it in the presence of all peoples, a light for the revelation of the Gentiles and glory to your people Israel. 
Simeon at this point, and this is my, my third point, because this connects both what Simeon's doing and what, what Joseph and Mary are doing. They were committed to worship. They were committed to turn their eyes toward heaven and, and first of all, just simply say, thank you, Lord. They showed up at the house of God. They didn't come there to get necessarily just get what they were supposed to get. They've come to be obedient. They've come to, under the leadership and guidance of the Holy Spirit, but they've come to worship. When they realize what God has blessed them with in Christ, worship pours out of Simeon. Even to the extent where he says, Lord, I am so grateful. Today you can take me home. You have, you have, given, you have fulfilled your promise. My eyes have seen your salvation. You prepared it in the presence of all peoples, a light of the revelation of the Gentiles and a glory to all your people. Worship and praise comes out of the vocal cords, out of the mouth of Simeon, this one who's waited so long to see the Savior. So I would encourage you, commit to follow God's word, commit to trust God's provision and God's timing, and commit to honor him in worship. Thank him when he comes through. Recognize that every good gift that you have is a blessing from God. When you woke up and saw the sunrise this morning, he gave you another day. Thank you, Lord, for your provision. Thank you for the way you've taken care of me. Thank you for what you've allowed my eyes to see. Thank you, Lord. I want to praise you. This is your world, not mine. As that last song said, we're just a vapor. And God created us, our spirits, our souls to last forever. But our life on this earth is like a vapor. But what God has for us is eternal. And then the last thing that I want you to notice from this text is I want you to, to be prepared for the challenges to come. We can all look forward to a new year and think, oh man, last year was tough. This year is gonna be great. Maybe. I'll guarantee you that if, if you walk with the Lord, you'll have some awesome days. You'll have some joy-filled days. You'll, you'll be able to, to celebrate and rejoice this year. We got to see God move in the lives of, of people who we specifically prayed for. Uh, somebody that, that John had been praying for for a, a year and a half, two years, specifically for his salvation. That man came to Christ. We've got to see days like that where we celebrated eternal results and eternal rewards. He got to celebrate graduations and birthdays and anniversaries. But 2022 also held mourning and weeping and grieving and loss, sometimes expected, sometimes sudden and tragic and unexpected. You can bet 2023 will too. So Simeon told Mary in particular, he blessed them and he told his mother Mary, indeed, this child is destined to cause the fall and the rise of many in Israel. And he's going to be a sign that people will come against, they'll speak out against. And Mary, a sword is going to pierce your soul. See, that's the truth. This year, some of us will have that sword pierce our soul. 
That's life. In a span of 365 days, we're going to experience joy and celebration and, and uh, happiness. And we can all look forward to that when we say Happy New Year. But some of us are going to be in the hospitals and some of us are going to be at the graveside and some of us are going to be at traffic accidents and chaplain calls. And, and there's going to be sad days. How you handle those days how you face those challenges to come is going to be dependent upon what you did with the first three things that I mentioned above. Were you rooted and grounded in God's word, committed to follow it and obey it, allowing his word to, to fill your life and to prepare you? Yeah, I, I am amazed at the hand of God when I look back over my life and it's one of those things where I wish I'd, I'd written a book. I don't know how many times you've said something like that or I've said something like that. I wish I'd have written it down. The only, the, one of the advantages I have because I preach every Sunday and in the past as many as two and three and four times a week, I, I've retold some of those stories so they're etched in my mind. But it was no accident that the God of the universe led me to preach at First Baptist Church, Locker, Texas, to 10 people, a sermon entitled, or, or, or that was, was from 1 Peter chapter 1, about how God uses pain and, and challenges and difficulty to purify our faith. The sermon was entitled, By Grace Through Faith. It's no accident that the Lord led me to preach that text the Sunday before Katie was born. And because I was rooted in God's word and because I was reading his word and I was seeking to walk in his word to the best of my ability, and my wife was too. After we got that horrible news from the doctor of all the things that were wrong with Katie and she may not live through that day as she was going to be flown to Fort Worth Children's, Cook's Fort Worth Children's Hospital. I remember looking over at my wife and you've heard this before, some of you, and I said, how are we going to face this? How are we going to make it through this? And she looked me in the eye and said, by Christ, through faith. Because God's word was etched in us, he had prepared us for what was, what was going to happen before we ever knew it. And he'll do that for you if you'll be rooted in his word. Commit to trust his timing and his provision. Sometimes we short-circuit God's blessings in our life because we want it in our timetable. We want it now. We want, to, we want to get there before we're ready. I believe I've seen people rise to leadership, and yes, in churches and in pulpits, many times, because they were very talented and gifted, but their character wasn't there yet. God hadn't finished proving their faith, and they rose to a position that then they were unequipped to handle, and it caused harm and heartache. Trust God's timing and His provision. If you'll do that, his timing will be perfect. You might not like it. I joked with y'all about this. Some of my deacons have given me a hard time. I still hadn't got to shoot the buck I wanted to shoot this year. God just decided that I didn't need to. It's his provision and his timing. And, and, and you know, look, I'm like anybody else. I can get upset with God when I don't get what I want when I want it. Throw my little temper tantrums. 
But if we trust God in his provision, his timing, and we come back to that, we'll be prepared for what he has for us in the year to come. And third, commit to honor him. What I mean by honor him in worship is recognize and confess that every good thing in me, everything good thing that comes from me is because of him. He deserves the glory, not me. All glory be to Christ. All honor be to Christ. I don't deserve any of it. He deserves all of it. If we'll make those three commitments, and, and yes, I, I believe that this is a good order. I think we need to start in his word. Let his word be primary. Let his word permeate everything. Start there. Commit to, to trust him and commit to honor him and worship him. We'll be getting off to a great start in this new season of life that we call 2023 this year. You've been listening to a Sunday morning message from our services here at First Baptist Watauga. Our family's mission is to exalt the Savior, equip the saints, and evangelize the lost. If you want to know more about First Baptist Watauga or need to reach out to us for prayer, go to fbcwatauga.org and let us know. In all things, to God be the glory, honor, and praise. Thank you.